President, good morning to everyone and welcome to another edition of the Coles Brown Show, exclusively now on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Coles Brown here. Today's guest menu simply looks like this. In hour number one, we've got a couple of guests for you. Uh, Jamie Walker of HBCU Gridiron Live, he will join me in hour number one. Then following Jamie Walker will be Coach Van Petaway. He's a former uh, head men's basketball coach at Alabama and then he'll join me in hour number one. Then we move on to hour number two. Got to patch in a couple of guests in our SWAC sports segment. James Verrett of the SWAC Digital Network. He joins me along with Charles Edmund of the Alcorn State Radio Network. So this, this will really be Fun. Then a couple more guests for you. Brandon B.J. Jones of HBCU Game Day will join the Coles Brown show. And then last but not least, the sports professor, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, host of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Of course, we're going to be talking a lot on today's show of, of the 2021 SWAT Football Media Day that just took place this past week in Birmingham, Alabama. So we're going to get uh, the perspectives from our guests, some intangibles maybe, something that we perhaps didn't pick up or I didn't pick up uh, with SWAC Football Media Day. Now, here's simply what's trending on the Carlos Brown Show. Congratulations is in store for Dr. Jason Cable. He was announced as the new director of athletics at Alabama State. And how ironic, I had him on last week on the show as the social commissioner of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Now he is quite simply gonna be moving on to be the director of athletics at Alabama State. MIAC commissioner, Dr. Dennis Thomas, announced his plans for his retirement effective at the end of the year. I had a pleasure I uh, had the pleasure of interviewing uh, Dr. Thomas uh, once, and I was able to get him to laugh during the interview. He is a very straightforward guy, but uh, he announced his retirement. So who will be the next commissioner of the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference? Because they are, some would say, at the crossroads or in the crossroads, but I'm sure they'll make the best decision uh, possible. And then last but not least here on Trending Stories, the Swag Football Media Day predictions are in. Who gets the nod to participate in the Swag Football Championship game? And, and let me just say this. It was great to see a lot of uh, my colleagues in, in, in the business um, in Birmingham, Swag Football Media Day. Of course, the pandemic still is going on, and it had been quite a while since I was able to uh, just physically see them. So it was great seeing all of the colleagues, also meeting some new colleagues. Uh, it was a pleasure. Um, about the event, I will say this. It was a tremendous event. You can tell the excitement was there. Over 200 media credentials were given out. And so now is a great time for the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And, and just, you know, moving around, watching the speakers and the coaches. 
and I'll, I'll, I'll ask my guests, each and every one of them, uh, their, their impressions of the Swag Football Media Day. But when you look at how the excitement was in, in the building, the coaches, you know, some, some new coaches, one in particular, interim coach Jason Rollins of Southern University, and, and I got a chance to have, well, I was at dinner, and he was at the table along with a couple of football players, Jatiri Carter and Jalen Ivey. Um, they had a sense of they are ready to work. They're ready to start to work. They're not for as, you know, so much as for all the fanfare, but they just they just want to get the the, the uh the season on fall camp and, and get ready. Um, Coach uh, Sanders, who uh, got a chance to just briefly, briefly do a fist uh, bump with him in the lobby. Um, I, much respect to Coach Sanders. And we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, fiasco that happened at SWAC Media Day. But I, I, I'm going to ask with uh, a couple of my guests, particular James Verrett and Charles Edmond, who basically had a, a bird's eye view of what went on. But I, I'll just say this about that. I, I, I'm going to always, me, Coles Brown, give respect. And I've said all along that I was going to call him Coach Sanders. And, and, and that's what it's all about, the respect. Now, with Coach Sanders, you know he is who he is. Uh, he's flamboyant. He loves his student athletes and he's going to have his team prepared for this upcoming season. But we'll, we'll get into more of that. Uh, the predicted order of finish. Also the uh, all conference selections. And I'll say this, it, it was kind of uh, on social media. They were talking about the Southern university's offensive line. They, they all were first team. They had a lot of selections on the first team. Do you believe that was the right decision by the prognosticators? And let me say this, the media doesn't really have, or they don't have a say on picking the all-conference teams and the predicted order of finish. At one point they did in the past, should the media be included in the selection process going forward? I'll ask some of my guests about that. Don't forget, you can uh, follow me on Facebook, the Coles Brown Show Facebook page, also on Twitter at Coles Brown Show, also on Instagram, Coles Brown Show. We're streaming live. You can go on the Coles Brown Show Facebook page, also Black College Sports Net, um, their Facebook page, and also uh, on Twitter. So we're going to be talking, of course, a lot of swag football media day. When I talk with Coach Van Petaway, Coach Petaway will kind of switch gears a little bit and we'll talk with him about the uh, NBA finals that is uh, passed now. Congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. They win it all. And they're the two, 2021 NBA champions. Also, we'll get into some NCAA transfer portal, get Coach Van Petaway's thoughts about that. Also, Reggie Diaz, 
the new basketball slash director of athletics at Bethune-Cookman uh, University. And, and then I'm going to ask Coach Pettaway about his thoughts on the SWAC teams now enjoyed of having new travel partners. So for instance, Southern and Alcorn were travel partners for years. Now it's going to be Southern and Grambling State University. And we'll, we'll, we'll kind of look at that. So it, it, it'll, it'll be interesting um, to, to get their takes on, on everything. The way I like to do the show is you, you'll, you'll get my opinions, but uh, perspective, but I, I will want to have the guests give their uh, opinions as well. You can uh, interact with me and we'll have an opportunity to do that throughout the show. And you just simply go to the Coles Brown Show Facebook page and, and, and Messenger and I'll interact uh, with you. Predicted order finish in the West, Alcorn State. Quite simply, the defending champions did not participate in spring football, but I'm not surprised that the prognosticators picked Alcorn State. Still, the defending champions from um, two seasons ago. In the East, it was Alabama and you know, the spring champions. So kind of give me some input on that, listening audience. What are your thoughts on the predicted order of finish? Now, one question I will have, and I got a chance to talk with uh, Coach McNair. Being off for basically two years, there is a, a football shape, but then there, there's playing shape. You know, they're going to have a fall camp, of course. They're going to have conditioning going forward. But until you kind of get into that actual hitting and game day, and you saw quite simply in the spring, some teams were rusty. They didn't play that fall 2020, but spring 2021, they had a, a, a spring camp and it was doing cold weather for most of the teams. So that is a legitimate concern. And, and talking to Coach McNair, you know, he, he acknowledged that, but he also acknowledged that they're, they're glad to be getting back. They were able to have the spring practice. They're going to look to defend their title in the fall. Coach Maynard, Coach Maynard still the flamboyant guy, very confident. And, you know, there's been some conversation on social media that, hey, do you put an asterisk by Alabama and in spring championship. No. They played and they went through some hardships, boy, obstacles. They didn't get to play some of the games that they wanted to on, on the schedule. But guess what? In my humble opinion, no asterisk by that. They are champions. They just happen to be the 2021 spring champions. So Alabama A&M coming out of the East. Now, if you look up at the teams that are runner-ups, we'll use that term, you had Southern University coming in at number two, and then Florida A&M University. Yes, 
those orange and green colors, I'm still getting used to that. And it's been over 30 years. But I feel that they're going to be confident. And of course, they're opening the season up against Jackson State. Not only is it a classic, it's the season opener and it is the conference opener. Also, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Did you see the disrespect? Do you feel it was disrespectful? Now, I had them pick third, not more than that. And I know that they've had some, some players to enter the transfer report or some important players, but they have their main cards coming back. And who will be the sleeper in the conference race? Will it be one sleeper? Some would say dark horses, dark horse, dark horses. Will it be more than one team? One thing I can say about this season, one, it is going to be tremendous excitement. Two, you're not going to be able to take off a week at all. A couple of bad games, and you could definitely be out of it. And then also, as far as the participants that will make it to the championship game, how many conference losses do you think they will have? They meaning the participants. Will two conference losses put you out of the race? I had this interesting conversation with uh, Coach Forbes. He said you can look at it two ways. Most would say two losses, two conference losses, you'll be out of it. But he says not necessarily so. We talk about parity. But the grand scheme of things, I would say ideally, one conference loss. So the pressure is there. Those are some of the things we're going to be discussing on today's show. I'm going to take my first time out. When I return, I'll visit with Jamie Walker of HBCU Gridiron Live. He'll join me. He's a first guest on today's show. You're simply watching the Coles Brown Show exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. I'll be right back. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvée. Have you had your Earthblend coffee today? At Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world. Blended and roasted to perfection. Giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. 
experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. Brian Fulford, A.D. Drew, and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. It's... back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show, now heard and watched exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. First guest of today's show, Mr. Jamie Walker of HBCU Gridiron Live. Jamie, good morning, or shall I say good afternoon for you. It's still good morning, Eastern Standard Time. No, it's still good morning. It's still good morning. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure, and it was a great uh, connecting, and that's one of the things that you do when you're at an event such as Swag Football Media Day. You you kind of network and got a chance to uh, meet you in person, so it was a pleasure and an honor, and it's a pleasure having you on the Carlos Brown Show, sir. I appreciate being on it, man. It was great connecting with you as well. Well, let's get into the conversation. Um, Jamie, your impressions of the 2021 Swag Football Media Day. My impressions of it was um, it was a great event, uh, lots of media, lots of interaction with players, um, you know, the, the star-studded uh, things going on with, with everything SWAC. Uh, I, I think in the midst of everything that's been going on over the last year that uh, it, was, it was bound to be big, and it definitely proved itself to be that and growing. So it was a great um, – a great time to really get enough information and really outlook uh, to this upcoming year, just to see how big football would be. The the you know the the acquisitions of of FAMU and and Bethune, and so uh, it lived up to its billing. And excitement, uh, Jamie, in, in in the building, in the room, um, you got all of the different personalities because coaches are are humans as well. This happened to be their niche is, is, is their, their football coaches. But you had to kind of feel the, the excitement in the room, correct? Definitely. Uh, I think when you have uh, a, a lot of these coaches, some seasoned, some uh, being newer, uh, some really not experienced in this type of fanfare, especially uh, within a conference like the SWAC, uh, I think, you know, you had some nervousness. Uh, you also had some coaches that were um, definitely uh, rising to the occasion and some that were about their business. Uh, it, it, you can tell just in the atmosphere that um, although, you know, they needed to be there uh, both for promotion and for uh, just just 
you know, just representing their schools, it was a thing of, okay, I'm just ready to get the football season in because right now I'm not feeling the love or the respect that I should be getting. And that, and that was a good thing. You could feel that atmosphere in the room. Now it's interesting that you say that. Let, let's, let, let's kind of look at it a little deeper. Jamie, who would you say seem nervous because it's their, their first time or if we don't use the word nervous, reserve. I have someone in mind, but I, but I want to see who you think would fit that category. Oh, that's very easy for me. Fred McNair. <laughs> Fred McNair. <laughs> I think um, uh, he was about that action. <laughs> he was about that business, uh, uh, so to speak. And so when you made the, the, the rounds, you know, kind of around the room, you know, as media, you like to soak up the moment anyway. Uh, so you may take pictures, you know, get some questions, um, things of that nature. And so, you know, you circle around and he was at the far edge of the, um, of the room. And, you know, he was looking down at his phone and, you know, looked up a couple of times, look around. Uh, but, you know, him and his players, really, uh, I think, you know, there were, you know, a couple of the players, you know, the players that were there uh, was in into the moment maybe a little bit more. But you can tell that uh, Coach McNair was was uh, was concentrating and 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 kind of ready to get this done so he could get back on the field because I think he could kind of feel the presence of you know maybe some other high profile coaches um, within within the group along with you know the teams that were definitely coming in new with the conference. But, you know, he, he's been that that slow and steady winner for the past few years. And, you know, he didn't feel the love that he, he, he should have been getting. So uh, especially dealing with the spring and them not being uh, involved in it. So, you know, you can tell he, he's eager and ready to go. Yeah. And, and as far as outgoing personalities, we'll term it that way. Um, you think about Coach Sanders, also Coach Maynard. To me, they stood out. And that you mentioned Coach McNair, but also I think Coach Rollins seems, you know, it was his first go, go around. And also Coach Fobbs, although, you know, a veteran coming off a, a tough spring season, but you can say he still was consistent. And matter of fact, Jamie, he gave me a quote. He said, Graham State won't be down long. So, all of that makes for an interesting season. Because again, coaches have personalities as well. Totally agree with you, uh, especially with Coach Files. And, and you mentioned that quote um, at the actual media day. And i tell you what, uh, Coach Fobbs had a lot going on during the spring, a lot of changes, a lot of different things that occurred. But that's a proud program, always has been um, within that pedigree. And so... Um, he took over a program that was down, that had, you know, different things going on outside the program. And so, you know, he's carried that team to the Celebration Bowl and, and won it. And so, you know, no, they won't be down long. I, I fully expect that to, you know, uh, based on some people's predictions, you know, they'll they'll bounce back. But uh, definitely one of those those instances where uh, it, it's just a matter of um, of when, not if. Uh, along with that, the, what, what you said about Coach Rollins is absolutely true. Him getting the job and fulfilling what Southern um, is able to to go on and do, and the reason being, he's and we'll I guess we'll discuss it later. But yeah, we're coming up to yeah, yeah, our we're, predictions we're up to for sure. But I think that 
that team toward the end of the spring was definitely trending upward. And so him getting those players back, uh, I think, you know, don't sleep on this squad. Definitely don't sleep on the squad. I know I won't be. Right. I'm visiting with uh, Jamie Walker of HBCU Gridiron Live, and we're going to talk a little bit about what you have coming up with, with, with that program. Um, let's get into it. Predicted order finish. Uh, Jamie, I'm going to ask, give you, let you give your perspective on what officially was announced, and then I'm going to follow that up with um, where did you have your rankings? I'm sure you, you kind of had your own rankings as well. But predicted order of finish in the East. We'll start in the East. Top spot, Alabama, Alabama and m Well, uh, they won the spring. And so that team led by Akil Glass coming back, um, most of that offense coming back, I think, uh, it, it, it's a no-brainer to pick them in in the conventional um, with conventional wisdom, uh, and, and so I think it, it, it's logical. Uh, Coach Manor has has built that program in his own image, and they, you know, he has the full finger of uh, the pulse of the of that squad, and so I think that's the logical pick for it. Uh, I would say, uh, and this may be early on it, but I would say the winner of um, of the uh, Magic City Classic will be the winner of the East. And so, yeah, that that's, that's you know, hey, I'm going out on them early. Uh, I, I think uh, people are not, and I know we haven't gotten to them yet, but I don't think people are giving um, Alabama State enough credit as well uh, for being right there. I saw that team in person a few times in the spring. I think, it, it, you know, you're dealing with freshman quarterbacks and, and young players. And don't sleep on that man, Ezra Gray, as well, um, giving them, you know, enough. And they were able to rush the passer along with, you know, play some really, really good defense in, within the linebacker core. So I, I think, you know, the winner of that game, you know, has has an advantage. Uh, I know we're going in a certain order, but, um, you know, FAMU just coming into the, the conference, you know, they will always have players that will always be able to score, but to come in and say you're going to go ahead and win it in the beginning, I think it's tough uh, as well. Uh, even Jackson State with their continuity, uh, bringing in, you know, what they call the best recruiting class ever for an HBCU. Uh, I think you still have to have time to develop those players in your own image within your own coaching staff. So I think, uh, it, 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 and there's my order right there. Um, I, I'm still developing, <laughs> still developing that order, but I, I think there's the one, two, three, and four, um, right there. And of course, um, you have, you know, uh, Valley, um, that, that's coming in and, and don't get me wrong. Valley showed improvement within the spring as well. I think, you know, it, it's easy to call them a doormat, uh, but I think coach Danzy has done uh, a really good job as, as far as, just getting them in, in the right situation, them playing hard. It's just a matter of them getting players at this point. So, um, so I think, you, you know, Alabama a is, is, is the front runner. Uh, don't forget about Bethune-Cookman as well. Don't forget about them uh, because they're coming in as well. We, we had a, a discussion, Brian Fulford uh, and a few more of us 
had a discussion about Bethune Cookman, them being able to, to, for some reason, being forgotten about, but still being able to win. Um, even more so, you know, I think the last nine out of 10 Florida Classics, you know, beating FAMU and them being right there in the MEAC and the thick of things, uh, beating FAMU, but not being able to beat A&T. So they're not a forgotten team as well. That East is going to be tremendously tough to, to navigate. So hopefully I didn't talk too much <laughs> about it. I'm, I'm not well. I'm getting your your opinions. Alabama and them, the predicted order finish. FAMU second, Jackson State third, Alabama State fourth, Bethune-Cookman fifth, and Mississippi Valley State picked to come in last. Um, I will say this, uh, Jamie, my sleeper in the East, believe it or not, I, I said let's watch out for Bethune-Cookman. Very physical team, as you stated, much success, much success against FAMU. And it really um, – I think you just you can't have a week off. You can't really have any bad games. You know, it, it's going to be exciting. You've got to bring the hard hat and the lunch pail to to the week, to the game every week. So with that being said, the Swag Western Division, of course, Alcorn State picked to uh, win it. Southern coming in second. Grambling State third. Prairie View and them. Fourth, Arkansas Pine Bluff fifth. Texas Southern six point blank question UAPB you shocked where they were picked is there a level of disrespect do you believe Mr. Walker absolutely absolutely UAPB is not getting any love at all and as much as we talked about coach Foz you know saying you know Grambling won't be down long um in the spring they really were bad and so I don't understand the just the, I don't understand the justification behind having them third, uh, but you know again they're a proud program. And so when you're looking at the way that program has been developed, uh, the way Coach Files has been successful, uh, I just have some questions at the quarterback position. I have really questions about what the defense is able to do, and it may be defensively may have just been a result of what they were unable to do offensively. There were a lot of drives that ended in three and outs and turnovers, and you're putting your, your defense in a bad position to go back out on the field early. So if they can write the offense, hey, maybe they are in that third place, you know, in, in, at least in that area as far as recruiting players and getting in good recruiting class. So I think that, um, that they're right there uh, as far as possibly. But I think – justifying the pick or justifying them being third wasn't wasn't um it, it just wasn't right to me but I understand people you know stepping out on that limb and, and, and saying so but UAPB did a phenomenal job in in the spring uh they have a great nucleus coming back as far as offensively and defensively you know and, and when you're looking at the way that squad is developed and the way that squad really um, took it two teams. Uh, it, they were totally unafraid of who you were in the past, who who you are now. They were totally playing, you know, free, unafraid football. And so, yeah, they will take this and, and build upon the disrespect. They will play that disrespect card big time uh, because they were the West winner. And so uh, I think, yeah, to answer your question, yes, they were, were heavily disrespected. Yeah, I think – most of our colleagues would be in agreement. 
with that. I, I kind of had them, uh, if I'm not mistaken, at third. And, and I know they had some hits in the transfer report or some some skillful, impactful uh, players. I'm busy with uh, Jamie Walker, HBCU Gridiron Live, uh, right now kind of discussing topics with the Southwest Athletic Conference 2021 Football Media Day. Akil Glass, Player of the Year. No surprise there, Jamie. And Jordan Lewis from Southern University. I, I'm sure you agree with, with those selections. I don't think you can get any better. Yeah, I don't think you can get any better with those selections. And, um, they look to improve on their spring uh, season performance. I, I'm sure they are. And, and, and now I, I think Akil Glass will get everyone's best shot, of course. Teams, programs will be scheming to try to neutralize him, if I can use it that term. And then with Jordan Lewis, you know, maybe Coach Robinson will move him around because both of these these two gentlemen, they everyone will know where they're at at all times on the field. Absolutely. And I think, especially in, in dealing with Glass for a second, uh, you saw in that SWAC championship game that uh, early on, you know, he, he made some mistakes, but give credit again to that offensive staff, including uh, Coach Maynard. Putting him in the right position to be successful will be key um, to what they're able to do. I think in the case of, of Mr. Lewis, I think it's the same thing. If that offense of Southern is able to um, be balanced, I think defensively he'll be good because he will be able to move around the field. I think in the beginning of the season for them in the spring, it was a matter of um, the offensive continuity not being where it needed to be. And so you really couldn't show as a defense um, the capabilities of Mr. Lewis, although he stood out uh, amongst all um, that defense in general. But I think as the offense grows, it helps the defense out. So, yeah, I think both of them um, will be dependent upon the coaching staffs to put them in the right position. Got two more points I want to cover with you. Uh, Jamie, once again, appreciate your time. Give me a couple of sleepers, dark horse teams, who, if you're not careful, they could easily surprise the conference and, and maybe be in the championship game. I'll name one, the first one in the East, um, um, Bethune-Cookman. Bethune-Cookman. I think, um, you know, Coach Sims has, <laughs> uh, I guess you could say quietly, um, has done his thing. And I think, uh, again, Brian Fulford mentioned this uh, at, at media days or maybe even uh, uh, Roy Evans, the size of that team uh, and the players that they brought, hey, if he's brought about the muscle to, to come in this conference and, and be able to use his skill players, you know, like a Jimmy Williams of old and, you know, and, and get those players to actually buy into the system and play tough physical defense, you know, within this conference, you know, you can make some waves. So I think you're absolutely um, – they can absolutely be a dark horse pick to, to give everyone some, um, um, some trouble and, and win the East. I think in the West, the dark horse team – the dark horse team could be Grambling, uh, even though they've been picked a little higher. It, it's just my belief that, that – um, it's not justified based on what they did in the spring and just all the changes that they made before you kind of get uh, the continuity in effect. But I also think that uh, if you write this offense 
Uh, and offensively, they were as inept as any squad I've seen in in the past few years. Definitely under um, um, definitely under the tenure of um, of Coach Roger Fobbs. But if they can get the offense corrected, their defense has been a stable over the last uh, during his tenure as well. But definitely, they've always played tough defense. But if they can get this offense to just you know score some points and sustain drives that I think the defense helps them out. And they may be more of a ball control squad, but I think they can make waves as well because I think if you can keep a team off the field, you have an opportunity to win games. So I think Grambling can be the sleeper in the West as well. Uh, UAPB is, is – UAPB doesn't fool me because I think when you have that kind of offense you can score with anybody, I think you always have an opportunity to win. So they don't – I wouldn't consider them a dark horse. I consider them just being disrespected. But Gremlin, on the other hand, has has made so many offensive changes. And there are so many, you know, unsure things going on with that team that they are a dark horse to me. Last but not least, well, let me just add this. You know, I'm thinking about Prairie View and them. And when you were talking about Gremlin State defensively, we know Prairie View and them under Coach Dooley. Offensively, they're, they're one of the top teams. I think the pressure will be on for Prairie View and them defensively to get better. And look, I know that's a challenge for every every team. You, you, you want to get better. You want to produce. You want to get better week by week. You win it one week at a time. So I, I just kind of want to throw in a preview and them as a sleeper. Could be a strong sleeper. Last but not least, Jamie, uh, talk about what you have coming up uh, for your, your, your sports business slash sports show. Well, uh, still in the process of, of getting stuff together. What what HBCU Gridiron Live uh, kind of came to fruition is really as we talk about exposure and we talk about um, the need to bring about um, players within football, especially because that that's probably my specialty more than anything. Even though uh, you know I, I do play by play for a few different um, um, sports. Uh, football would probably be the favorite and the most I'm into. And so one of those things uh, when it comes to this time in in America where uh, spotlights have been on HBCUs and outlets like uh, the Black College Sports Network and others uh, want to bring attention to uh, HBCU football in particular, uh, it's my contribution to it as well. Uh, talking about it. Um, highlighting players because, you know, as you you know, we didn't have any HBCU players drafted. Uh, I, I think, you know, they're coming to an attention now uh, or bringing attention to that and bringing about different activities and different bowls and things of that nature to um, highlight players. But along with that, it's just my contribution to those schools and those um, outlets that may not get the exposure and coverage that they need, uh, such as the NAIA and, and Division II level. You know, we, we talk about the Division the Division One and FCS um, teams, uh, but a lot of the times those, those little guys uh, don't get the coverage that they need. So it's my contribution to it. So um, it's actually dealing with more with, um, with HBCU football coverage, um, particularly out of the Atlanta metro area, but willing to go to any conference anywhere <laughs> and just give um, 
highlights to any um, team that desires it. So that, that, you know, that's pretty much what it is. I have some things in the works uh, with Morehouse College, which should be announced uh, a little later on as well. And, you know, wherever, whenever. That's kind of my motto. Well, as far as uh, the Coles Brown show, any help you need, uh, let let me know. Black College Sports Network, we're there for you. Uh, Jamie, appreciate meeting you for the first time in Birmingham, and I look forward to having you back on the show, and appreciate you coming on today. I, I really enjoyed it. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. All right. That was Jamie Walker of HBCU Grid On Live, my first guest. I'm going to take a quick time out here on the Black College Sports Network. Don't forget, exclusively now on the Black College Sports Network. But when I return after this quick time out, I'm going to visit with the coach, Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama A&M. It's always a pleasure to talk with him. Now I'll get a chance to not only talk with him, but see him. I'm loving this video streaming. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. I'll be right back. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. We are back. For the first time in 62 years, the Florida Memorial Lions will hit the gridiron and their home games will be streamed by the Black College Sports Network at www.fmuathletics.com www.mybcsn.net and on the MyBCSN app available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Majesty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajesties.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member. 
to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show, exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. Boy, my, my next guest, and, and it, it's so good to see him. We've talked over the last couple of years. He's Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama A&M. Coach, good morning to you. Good morning, Carlos. Uh, it's, it's great to uh, finally put a face with the boss that, you know, we've been communicating for the last few years uh, over the, the airways. So it's, it's great to, uh, to see a face. Yes, and, and that Alabama A&M Bulldog shirt looks wonderful on you, Coach. Well, that's uh, it. Always be the Bulldog, no matter no matter what I do. It's only been one school. And hey, look, I look at it this way: I'm like I'm like Coach Rob, one wife, one school. Yeah, <laughs> I heard that. You're absolutely uh, right. Well, Coach, we're we're gonna talk a couple of topics here on today's show. I, I, first and foremost, I thought about you as. Uh, the NBA Finals concluded. Congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. Coach, what, what were your thoughts on the uh, NBA Finals? Were, did you pick Phoenix? Were you going for Phoenix? Well, yes, I did pick Phoenix. So uh, I did too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so uh, I was a little disappointed that they lost, but I actually thought when the ser- before the series started that Phoenix had the better team. I thought that they were playing better than Milwaukee at the time. And that's one of the reasons why I picked them. And I think the sentimental thing was I wanted Chris Paul, who, who has, you know, been in the league for 16 years and to finally get his opportunity. I really wanted him to, uh, to go out on top, but you know, Milwaukee had a lot to say about that. Batman and Robin put, you know, they put on the show, you know, Giannis, Giannis and, 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 uh, Middleton, they, they did not take any prisoners. Uh, I think Giannis did an outstanding job uh, in the entire series, uh, you know, to have two 40-point games and then to close it out with a 50-point game. I thought he was awesome on the, on the court. Middleton, wow. The silent assassin. Right. That's kind of how I refer to him. Uh, Drew Holiday, uh, strong combo guard. And, you know, I really thought when the, the Bucs were able to go in, and get that victory at Phoenix, it, it just it seems like the momentum shift. And, and the Greek freak, as I refer to him, uh, just, just tremendous. I was looking at Coach, some of the stats um, that he accomplished during this finals. He He's up there with some pretty, pretty famous basketball players. Yep. And, and, to, and to your point, Coach, uh, Chris Paul, I, I really was hoping that he would be able to win a championship because Coach, he's been a tremendous ambassador for the NBA. Right. He's been great for the game of basketball. Uh, you know, he does it on the court and off the court. And uh, I think a lot of people's uh, – the sentimental side of us, everybody wanted – a lot of people wanted him to win it. But when uh, Milwaukee made that trade and, and they brought over Tucker, who was the, who brought that other dog that they need uh, on the defensive end of the floor. See, he brought that toughness. You know, when you're putting together a team – uh, you, you, the entire team can be stars, but you have to be stars in your role. And I think uh, Tucker, uh, he, he really did that. He brings that toughness. Uh, he, he's the guy to help galvanize that, that uh, locker room. And all of those ingredients were the reason why they were able to come out and, and win the, the, the championship. And what we got to look at now, 
if they bring all those pieces back, you know, they could conceivably be back up there again next year. It's going to be interesting. I always like to get your in your take on what the winning team has to do and the losing team has to do going forward to next season. Because, you know, you can't stand, stand pat if you win no. a championship and then when you fall a little short. So with that being said, let's start with Phoenix. What do you think they need to push them over the edge and get to that championship series and push the door in, knock that door in? Well, I think, uh, you know, this year the experience that they got playing in the playoff, you know, the, the pressure is, is a little different. So being in the playoff is going to really help that team. But right now they, they got to have somebody else that, that, that's going to come out at the forward spot and help them out. You know, you got Booker and Chris Paul. If Chris Paul decides to come back, you know, that, that's, a, that's a good piece. And then, of course, they're strong at the center. They got a young center. But if you think about it now, he faded down the stretch. And a lot of people are saying that the pressure got to Aikman coming down the stretch because his last couple of games, uh, they weren't his usual – he wasn't him, himself uh, coming down the stretch. So they've got to have more help in the paint, and I think they need another forward. Me personally, I don't think Bridges is the answer. Uh, I, I thought he was a little tentative uh, when they really needed him to step up. But the other thing that I'm looking at, he's a young kid. So he has an opportunity uh, over the summer to develop and uh, to grow some more. So he could be that missing link that they were looking for. But they got to have some more help. They, they're not going to be able to get it done with their current roster. They got to get another big in there. And then I think they need some more help at the forward spot. For Milwaukee, coming off a championship, you would think, hey, they don't have to develop anymore, but uh, that's not always the case. You can always do something better. Right. It, and see, that I think that's the big thing about the NBA because of contracts and, and the cap space and all that kind of stuff. Teams will make changes, and uh, but they can only get better. They, I, I don't think they'll make a change where, where the team will go backwards because I think as long as you got the core together, as long as you got uh, Giannis, and Middleton and Holiday, I, I think they'll be okay. And then when you when you look at Giannis, you know that's a great American story. Now that that's yeah. that's when they talk about uh, come to to the United States and uh, you can be or do anything. You think about it now. Eight years ago, he and his family were on the streets in Greece, peddling peddling different items just to make ends meet, just to put food on the table. And here, this kid is a NBA champion. And then not only is he has he made himself, he's got two brothers that are on NBA rosters. So their family has really come up a long way. And the biggest thing that I like, they're very humble. And I think that's what we need more of that in today's in sports today. You're absolutely right, Coach Petaway. I'm visiting with Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama and them. Coach, now you ready? We we finna switch to our two one two zone. <laughs> Press. In other <laughs> words, that means we're going to a different topic. Okay. Um, NCAA transfer report. We've talked about it before, but for a new listening uh, audience or a new audience, um, the pros and cons of the uh, NCAA transfer portal. Well, I, I think it gives the number one, first thing, it gives the athletes an opportunity to 
continue the education at other institutions if the first place does not work out, okay? That's the first thing. And I think that's what the NC2A was looking for when they put this thing together. But we got a lot of players that are going out there, jumping into that portal, and they don't have anywhere to land. And so, you know, it's going to take some time for this thing to settle down because we got too many kids jumping in the portal. And they're, they're jumping in for different reasons. And the problem is they don't have places to go. And what's happening is hurting the high school recruits because now coaches are looking across their roster. And when they have a, a hole, they're looking at the portal first. Whereas before, we'd be looking at the high school ranks to bring a kid in. But now they're going after that kid who's already been in somebody's program for at least a year. They've gotten the college system under their belt. And that's a better fit in a lot of cases versus bringing in a kid uh, straight out of high school. So uh, it hurts the high school kids, I think, uh, in a way. And it's going to take another two or three years for this thing to settle down because then the kids will understand that, hey, the grass may not be green on the other side. I don't need to jump ship. You know, uh, having that carrot that, you know, dangling that carrot in those in front of those kids, it, 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 it hurts them in, in a way because now if they face just a little adversity, they're looking to jump ship because they got that. They say, well, okay, I'm not getting the playing time that I thought I should be getting. I'm going to jump ship. Whereas uh, early on, that kid may hang in there. He may say, okay, this, this is just my first year. Uh, I'm going through the freshman uh, freshman items. I've hit the wall. So I'll work harder over the summer and I'll be better, bigger and better for my sophomore year. Well, a lot of those kids aren't even looking at that anymore. They're just jumping ship. And I think uh, it's going to take a few, another couple of years for that thing to settle down. It's interesting, Coach, uh, Petaway, to hear you say that because uh, you, you're, you're a coach, always a coach. It, it, that's why I say Coach Petaway. <laughs> Respect there if you get the drill. Um, yeah. I think if, if I, I was a coach, I believe I still believe in the traditional way to build from the high school ranks. Get a get a student athlete that's a freshman, then he, he matures, and then he's a better player, hopefully, from his freshman to senior year. Also, coach, scholarships were awarded, I'm sure, when you were coaching on a four-year basis, correct? Yes, now, when I first started. Yeah, now it's not like that now, correct? Right, it's one year at a time, renewable. Is that an impact, in your opinion, on a factor that maybe you could add into it that why some kids or student athletes are, are moving around so much or going into the transfer portal, or that's just totally off base? No, no, it's not off base. In some cases, you know, that might be in the back of their mind. Uh, you know, coach has the option at the end of the year of non-renewing me. But now when you do that, you, you know, you got to have reasons for that. You know, they, they try to put safeguards in place where you couldn't just do it because of uh, athletic ability. Uh, so it, it could go either way, Carlos. But to me, part of the problem is these kids have too many outside influencers. You know, you got you got some people some kids who 
rely on their AAU coaches more than they do the high school coaches. They have more control. And then a lot of times if, if, uh, if, that, if that collegiate coach is not pleased that, high, that uh, AAU coach, they'll tell that kid to leave. And so, you know, the, some of them are getting bad information. Some of them are being uh, led down the wrong path. So, but, you know, each case is, is, is a little different. But I don't think you see many kids that, that are leaving school, that are transferring, rather, because of playing time. You see some of them, they're getting the playing time and they still leave. They just think that the grass is greener on the other side. You know, in the HBCUs, a lot of the kids that, that are left our programs, they think that they, they are supposed to be at the Power 5 school. And then they, they enter the portal on you, and then they don't have a place to go. So you have to be very careful with that. Um, you know, there, there were over, over uh, close to 70 um, HBCUs that had hit the transfer portal. And I guarantee you all of them have not found homes. It's going to be interesting to see the 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 impact. Uh, you know, I, I monitor social media, and that's kind of different now than back, say, 20, 25, 30 years ago. You you know, they, they announce that they're transferring and where yep. they're transferring from and where they're transferring to. So I, I guess I'm still the old-fashioned way. Recruit, build your program through the high school ranks and last on this topic coach now if you're a coach you basically gotta recruit that student athlete every year right you gotta recruit them year round yeah you you gotta recruit better way not only do you have to go off campus and recruit you gotta stay on campus and re-recruit your own athletes and that's tough on these coaches and uh i i just i just hate to see uh the game going this way in this direction right now but I think it'll just like everything else that has happened to college basketball, it'll level out. It'll level out. It'll level out. Speaking of leveling out, um, a new basketball, men's basketball coach at now uh, SWAC Institution, Bethune Cookman. And I'm sure you know this guy, yes. Reggie Diaz, now yep. new basketball coach and AD at Bethune. Cookman, what are your thoughts on that, Coach Petaway? Well, I think it's a great basketball move because, you know, he, he, he's had his feet wet uh, when it comes to being a head basketball coach. Uh, the part that's got me worried is the AD portion of it because now you're going into a new situation, a brand-new school. You got football right around the corner. There are a lot of things that an athletic director has to do when it comes to the football season. And at the same time, he's a – he just got on campus, so he's got to try to build his basketball program. So I think he's got he's got to have a strong staff for basketball, and at the same time, he's got to have a strong uh, staff on the administrative side. He's got to have some help because there's no way he's going to be able to come in there and implement the things that he needs to to implement as a basketball coach, and still have everything running smoothly for not only football but for all the fall sports. That'll, that'll be on campus uh, in a couple of weeks. So he, he's got a big task ahead of, ahead of him. The basketball portion, I'm not worried about because he's been there, done that. You know, he's been on the major college level before. So uh, the basketball portion of it, I think he'll have down. I'm more concerned about the administrative duties that come with being an athletic director and school starting up so quick. Because, see, not only football, 
Then you got the NIL that just came out. So he's got to, he's got to help. Uh, they got to navigate that. And that NIL is, is, is no joke now. You know, that, that's going to hurt some teams. Uh, I know we haven't gone over it that, that much, but I, I, I think it'll be good in some cases. I like the deals where the, uh, the entire school or the entire team gets the deal where money is given to everybody. Because in some of these locations, when you only got three or four of the kids getting a bulk of the money, that could create a problem in the locker room now. That could create a problem in the locker room when you start talking about that NIL. Well, in future shows, we'll have you back to kind of go into it in a little bit okay. more uh, detail. But um, it was a pleasure having you on. And um, folks, you will be a regular uh, guest on the Coles Brown show. So get used to him. Um, my colleague, I consider a friend. Yep. And uh, Coach, it was good seeing you. I always Don't heard you, but good yeah. seeing you. And uh, stay blessed, you and the family. And uh, we look forward to joining you uh, very soon on the Coles okay. Brown show. Okay, Carlos. And uh, remember now, the Bulldog football team was picked number one. I didn't want you to forget that now, okay? <laughs> and we picked number one for a reason now, okay? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm going to tell you, I had them number two. Okay. I, I picked I picked FAMU, but guess what? I've been wrong before. Okay. And uh, Alabama and them will be a major, major player major. in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And, and, and Coach, I got a chance to talk with Coach Coach Maynard. Uh, yep, great guy. guy. Great guy. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yep. Great guy. Not good guy. Great guy. Yep. Coach, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Take care. All right. Thank you, man. All right. That was Coach Van Petaway here on the Coles Brown Show visiting with me. I'll take a quick time out. When I come back, it'll be hour number two, of course, and our swag sports segment with two Giants, James Verrett of the SWAC Digital Network and Charles Evan of the Alcorn State Radio Network. I guess, folks, I'll just sit back and let them handle everything. <laughs> You're listening and watching to the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. I'll be right back. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage 
Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports. Tell everybody they can follow their dreams.